It's not a catastrophe. Catastrophe. <laughs> Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. I meant like a, it sound like a French word. Yeah, une catastrophe. It's like it's like it's a bad thing, like the swamp, but not like the Florida swamp. We love the Florida swamp in Gainesville. Absolutely, I go nuts for for the Florida riffs. Chip and Joanna Gainesville. Chocolate chip. Kelly. That's it. We got some breeze bits. We got some breeze bits. They're coming in hot, so ready or not for breeze bits. Mmm, bits. That's it. That's the pod. Welcome to Braze Bits, everybody. Welcome to episode 47, 48. What are we up now? We're, we're getting there. We're up there. We're, we're, we're getting old, Lancey. Who knows? Quiznos, chicken carbonara. We're getting old, but we're young at heart. Not being able to digest that Quiznos chicken carbonara, but I think spiritually we're that we're thirteen year olds watching the final four. Absolutely. That's that's my memory of my chicken carbonara sub at Quiznos. I remember getting it and then watching Oklahoma State versus Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech won at like the very end. Wow, I wonder. Remember if any superstar NBA players on those teams? Jared Jack. Jared Jack was on the Georgia Tech team. Luke Shencher, remember him? He was like a seven three sure. Australian. He, I didn't like him though because he believed in censorship. He believed in it. He's pro censorship. <laughs> yeah, because his name was censure. What a what a crazy! Guy. You gotta believe in your name. Your namesake. Yeah, but it doesn't doesn't make any censure to believe in censure, Chip. No, absolutely not. Do you want to do a an advertisement up top? Yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I feel like we, I I forgot we were gonna do that and then we missed the boat. We should have read it before. I blew it. That's all good. We could we could do it the same and then the next week do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could have the Brazerback. We could pose this to the Brazerbacks. We were thinking about starting with an advertisement just to keep our you know our commercial success going and, and keep our advertisers happy. I think it would make the advertisers a lot happier having one up top because this. I mean, the second you click on it, you get an advertisement. That, that's good money. That's good money being purchased. Yeah, and then we could theoretically charge more. I mean, what's the going rate? It's $2,000 for 30 seconds? That's the minimum, at least. Yeah. So we could probably charge 12000 if we do it up top. I would, I would hike it up even more, but if you want to... We could stay a little cheap for now. I'm down. I like going on hikes, but I don't want, I don't want to make them go on a hike if they don't want to. Right. 12000 You want a good attitude. You want, you want a, an equal energy... Going on that hike. Yeah, 12,000 sounds like a steep enough elevation. Very steep. Very, very steep. We, I, got a, I got a great ad. People are, looking forward, people are going to be excited about it later on the epi. That's good. I have some, I wouldn't say meal prep, almost like uh, corrections from last episode. Okay. You got stats so, guy? Stat, yeah, Tony Reale. Yep. Um, so you made a reference to Fahrenheit 9-11 last episode. And I thought that was the Ray Bradbury book about burning books. Fahrenheit 9-11 is the documentary about 9-11, right? About 9-11, I believe, by Michael Moore. Yes. I never watched that. I don't think I've ever watched any Michael Moore movies. We we watched a lot of them in school. Oh, I I watched, yeah, I did watch, I think, Bowling for Columbine. Columbine? Yeah, I don't remember it, though. We watched it, yeah, we we definitely watched it in my ninth grade English class. But I don't exactly remember it. I remember watching Fahrenheit 9-11 and something else in school. I had a bunch of teachers that love popping in movies and then they would dip out. You ever, uh, you know that John Mulaney joke about a uh, teacher? 
he's they're like drinking they're drinking and he's, he's like uh he's like you sure you're gonna be hung over tomorrow and she's like oh, i'll just put on a tv oh. and he's like that's why we watch movies <laughs> <laughs> the best yeah dude wheel in like the big like tv that's on like a uh like a monitor and it's like a, a whole contraption they wheel it around they're definitely not wheeling anymore Definitely not. They're just clicking. Yeah. That's the problem. I mean, you know, kids these days don't know that you used to have to, to wheel things. Now you could get everything at a click of a button. You used to be able to, you know, really have to work hard. Right. You had or to travel. screen and click. You had to travel the hallway, travel the world. Yeah. <laughs> secure the one television being shared by thousands of students. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you could get that reading rainbow. Magic school bus. And then the second thing I wanted to address is it was I realized it wasn't sufficiently addressed in the episode because we had some we talked about it before it, it was re-recording, but the, uh, the the pod kitchen got so hot last episode that the smoke detector literally, literally disrupted the episode. Yeah, midway through Q, you did your QAB and I was about to do my QAB, and then yeah, the kitchen literally got too hot. It got too hot. It literally got too hot. We were talking about... I was kind of trashing the oven, basically, all of the last episode. And yeah. what happened was our oven hadn't been... We hadn't cleaned it in a while. So there was kind of a buildup of, like, you know, burnt stuff. And it almost, basically, almost had a fire in our apartment. That's one of those things. Like, when do you... How often are you supposed to clean your oven? I, I'm sure there's a lot of drippings in my oven. I haven't cleaned my oven since the 70s. Yeah, I mean, we, we actually cleaned our oven... Um, Pretty recently, it was uh, the second Iraq war, so that's like not too far away. Yeah, it was like before. It was like before Saddam was killed, but he was like you know on the downslope. Right, he was in hiding. Yeah, so like that's kind of recent. Yeah, for an oven clean, I think. But we also realized we use the oven exponentially more than we did during normal times. Right. So it seems like you should. Some ovens apparently are self cleaning, which I didn't know. But we're going to make sure to clean our oven like once a month just to be super sure. But I don't think it's even that much is probably not necessary. Right. Probably like once every six months. Is that's probably safe. That's probably okay. Did you see this meme that was passed around on Twitter of a, a guy, I think he's like 20 years old, 21 years old. He moved into a new apartment and he texted his cousin. His cousin screenshot the text as being like, how often do you clean your oven? Uh, like my oven, I clean it after every time I use it. Uh... He's like, why are you cleaning it after every time? And he realized that the kid was putting his meat right on the oven racks. He wasn't putting it in like a uh, an oven sheet or a baking sheet. He was like, no, oh, I just grill it on the uh, the racks on the oven, and all the juices would just go into the bottom of the, the oven. Yeah, that's that's a little dangerous. I'm not gonna lie and say I've never done that before, but it's not a good idea. You've done that? I've done that, but I've put a. Um, What's it called? Parchment paper? Like on the that's, I put it I put it on the top rack and I put parchment paper on the lower rack. I've seen people put like frozen pizzas in there. That to me is still even crazy. Putting that on there with nothing below it. Frozen pizzas? Cheesy mess. Yeah. Arendelle pizzas with o Count Olaf? You gotta let it go. You're never gonna get this series <laughs> yeah, of references. I I for a second thought I was frozen there, but it was just my brain. Yeah, it's just your you got some brain freeze. Yeah. It's cool. We're cooling off the kitchen. You got too hot last week. Was it getting smoky in there? Or was it just yeah, like it was it was smoky. It was like um it was the most serious smoke detector situation I think I've had living uh 
you know, as an adult. Yeah, the millionaire next door came by. Made yeah, the millionaire next door. Well, he was also, he wanted to know if there was a fire, if they had to leave. Right. You know, if there's going to be a fire sale and the investments had to, you know, he had to just quick do some quick selling. Get it out. As the millionaire, do his investments and. You need some more liquidity. Get that insurance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but. I'm glad it's all safe and sound. You guys all, are all good. All safe and sound. Capital cities. We're good. And we're back in the pot kitchen, cooking it hot, ready or not. We got braised bits for we got, got braised bits. Yeah, I got some highlights. I got so this week I actually have a highlight and I have a low light. What would you like to hear first? Oof. Give me the give, give me the low light first, and then I'll I'll take a highlight. The low light I think is gonna be more of a highlight for you. It was a low light for me. Oh, so wow. on Friday, it was a rough week in the in the kitchen in our our non pod comedy kitchen. So on Friday, I was making pizza. Kind of my go-to, I've gotten very good at, at making pizza, but it was Friday, I, I wanted to also make an appetizer for us. So I decided to make, I talked about this actually on the pod because I made it for a break the fast meal as well, but basically um, like cauliflower bites, kind of like nice. in uh, with panko breadcrumbs and baked in the oven and they're like, you know, kind of almost like a jalapeno popper, but cauliflower. Scrumptious. Very good. Um, wanted to wanted it to go with some sort of like dipping sauce, you know, so you could dip it, dip dip and rip it. So, uh, Kate had said we said that like she was gonna make a hummus for it. Uh, turns out she got caught up with work and like didn't really have time to do it. So I said, no worries, I'll just come up with something. What I should have done was like a yogurt based thing, but spinach artichoke dip goes really well with this particular thing. Sure. We didn't have any cream cheese, which is kind of the primary ingredient for a spinach artichoke dip. A lot of cream cheese and then mozzarella, spinach, and artichoke, basically, and some other stuff. But um, so I said we had this like I don't know what kind of cheese it was, but a more like a solid cheese. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I said, what if I just melt it down and this could take the place of the cream cheese? It was too firm of a cheese, so instead of having that kind of creamy consistency, it basically congealed and oh. was more of like a pate. And probably still delicious. But well, I was like, I, 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 yeah, I was like, this is gonna, and I tasted it. I was like, this is delicious, but the texture just became so disgusting. Oh. It was like, and then I, I, yeah, it was like, it was almost like a Jello. It was like, it was gross. Um, pate Smith. Yeah, um, I wasn't pateing myself on the back, no chance. Um, and I served it, and it was like I couldn't believe. Like Kate had one just like be nice and she's like i can't i can't have this and then i was like okay yeah. I, I was gonna ask is, is kate the type of person who'd be like oh at least you should, like she would eat through it and kind of say it was, it was good or she's just honest if she doesn't I, like it. i think maybe early on in in the in the ship yes but at this point i mean we're married if you can't right say you know but i've had these misadventures in cooking before just less and less as as i've gotten better i used to have them a fair amount but it was just like disappointing and then it, it, it kind of, you know, I, I felt like a failure. I failed. I mean, you, you tried. You tried to get creative. Why, why would you think I would, I would like this? You think I love your failure? Yeah. Or because cream cheese isn't a cheese? I thought you'd just find it amusing. Yeah, I you might. You might, you might you, I, I always root for your success, Lance. I want you to do well in the kitchen. You might. I thought you might dance on my grave a little bit. I wouldn't do that. If, if you, if, if say you were cooking meat dinner, I would just be, I'd be more upset than... You know, I wouldn't want to dance on your grave. I wanted delicious. It was a great idea. 
making that as a dip for some art some cauliflower bites. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh spinach and art how a joke. Nice. Remember Art How? Yeah. I do. Artie How. How you doing? How you doing? So that was that was my low light. My highlight I read this book called Conspiracy, uh, by this author Ryan Holiday. Do you know have you heard of him? Mm-mm. You would like some of his books. A lot of his books are like um like athletes like are like like a lot of his books are more self-help but like in terms of like how to like basically how athletes kind of train for success stuff like that it's like a lot of um self-help but not like not like uh i feel like with substance maybe but this book this book's a little bit different it's about um remember gawker the website yeah so it's kind of a do do you know do you remember the story like they get they got shut down do you know anything about that I did. I don't remember specifically why they got shut down now, but I remember it being a huge story. So they the reason so it basically stemmed from this court case. They posted Hulk Hogan sex tape oh, right, without right, permission, right, right. and then it went into a trial. But it was just like this really, and then it was backed. the The lawsuit was actually ended up. They found out against Gawker that you know Hulk Hogan. It was backed by Peter Thiel, who's like a, he like was an early investor in Facebook. He founded PayPal. He's a little bit of a odd guy. He like you know he vocally supports Trump and like a lot of Silicon Valley. You know a lot of Silicon Valley doesn't like him because of that. Um, he they outed him as gay without his permission like ten years before, and he was like, "I want to." And basically, he had said that like I don't think this type of journalism and the the things that they did were are good for the world. And he, right. like, it's, like, this crazy story and so this other guy's involved who, like, no one ever really knew who he was. But it was just really fascinating um, to read about. And I was, like, slightly in that world at a time. Uh, the first few years out of college, I wrote for a number of different websites. And um, I haven't really talked about this on the pod that much, but, like, I thought I might go in that direction. I mean, I, I knew I wanted to be a writer of some sort, or I did. And, like, the internet writing was, like, a... A potential path and like seeing like what gawker and those sites did it like made me not want to do that as much um and i was I like oh the tea leaves. i saw the tea leaves yeah and it was just really interesting like now i'm so far removed from that that i'm almost right. like reading it as an outsider but like yeah it was really really interesting and really interesting to look like like looking back, it seems like the stuff they did was like insane. But I remember at the time, that's just like what the norm was. It was it's and it was just really well done, and I would highly recommend it. It was like a book that even if I like didn't know more about it than the average person, I don't think I would be able to put down. Right, it's interesting now, especially in even more mainstream news sites like the New York Post. The big had that big Hunter Biden story, which is not on that same level, but. They're the only news outlet that would publish that. A lot of other places passed on it because they didn't find the sources credible. It just shows how, like, an internet news website, they could really publish. I guess Gawker kind of, like, set the standard of, like, with that legal case of, like, what you can and can't do. There's still websites that go nuts. Well, it just shows also how tough the line is. I mean, it was so egregious filming that that was... But the reward, they, they basically were... I don't know legal stuff, but like it was basically an 120 million. They did were, Hulk Hogan make a lot of money off that? Also? Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, it was it was a really interesting book. That's great. 
I, I can't picture you writing uh, clickbait headlines and trying to get uh, people to a, a website with some, some trashy news stories. Can't picture. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do t- I didn't do too much of that, but like at both. So the main I worked for a bunch of different sites, but the main sites were Bro Bible and Thought Catalog. And Thought Catalog was more like top not like top not top nine. We're not you know we're we're doing top nine, but it was like you know ten things yeah. about being right. whatever. Um, but Bro Bible, there were a few. I mean, I posted like a lot of movie trailers and like random like videos and stuff but there were definitely a number of things that like you know i was 22 23 the initiative is just to post things that go viral so it was like that was the incentives um and then kind of once i realized that which was pretty early on i was like uh, i gotta i gotta not do this initially i was like oh this is will be a job where i just at least make some money i mean the, the pay's bad but i was like at least i'll make some money while i could start doing comedy where I could like write scripts and stuff. But then, I mean, I was doing that for like two years and I was like, this is not, I got to get out of this. Right. Was it the guy who started Bro Bible? Like, didn't he go to Barstool? Did Barstool like bought Bro Bible? Uh, no. I mean, when I was there, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, they were like competitors. Like when I was there, Barstool like got much bigger, like later, I feel, yeah. I, I think. Um, I met some of the people who worked for Barst. I mean, I don't think anyone is there anymore, but they either seem like fine people. It's like the same thing. It's like people just get caught up in this stuff. Yeah. It's like drugs. It's like people, you know, a lot of people who sell drugs are probably fine. Like you just get caught up in something and, uh, you know, so some people get in too deep. Some people make a ton of money. Like these websites, a lot of the way Barstool now seems different because it's like a gigantic empire and it's like a gigantic, gigantic company. Yeah, but a lot of these smaller websites, I mean, I guess the model might be different now, but it was basically like the person who founded it was making a lot of money and then everyone else was not at all. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, but really interesting. Yeah, and I... Check out that book. Yeah, and that like world doesn't really exist anymore. So it's like a very... It's like almost like recent nostalgia. Yeah. I'm going to check out that book. My... I, I got two highlights. I did a uh, show in Astoria Park on Saturday night, stand-up comedy. It was awesome. There's like 12, 15 people in the crowd, but everyone was happy to be there. Just, just great to do stand-up. Weather was pretty good. Um, yeah, just doing doing stand-up was, was awesome. And then the second highlight happened today. I uh, I got plans canceled. There's nothing better. We talked about in the pod. I, I had a date lined up tonight, first date. First date I've gone on since uh, the second Iraq war, and I was dreading it, nervous about it. Plans got canceled. Biggest relief of all time. I was able to do the podcast today. Who, who knew if we could have done the podcast? Podcast might have been done if I had went on this date today. I might have, you know, moved away. Moved, I don't know. But it, it was, I love, I haven't had plans in a long time. So to have plans and to have it canceled, just, just fantastic feeling. Loved it. Highlight of my week, having that plan canceled. So, well, I'll say again what I said before when you said we could do the pod today. When it, when God closes a window, he opens up a garage. Exactly. And inside that garage is a, is a, is a whole sale of goods. And it, it, it was just fantastic. Nothing better than the, the text of a cancel. It just like, felt like I was in Disney World. I was on cloud nine. So you were like waiting on a lot of lines, paying too much money? Yeah, that's my fancy one. <laughs> overlooking a man-made lake. 
Yeah. Going on rides, waiting online, getting hot, people coughing on my face. Can't, can't beat it. <laughs> yeah. I, have we talked about amusement parks on the pod before? I don't think so. You anti? You oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say despise. I just, I don't like to be told when to have fun. Like, and that's all amusement parks are. They're like, you should be having the greatest time of your life here. It's like all pavement. You're waiting on a roller coaster. I'm going to steal a joke from Jesse Perkins has this, who's on the pod before. Check out his episode if you haven't. Uh, Pepperoncini Pals, it was called. We had Jesse and Lance as guests on the, the pod of Jesse and Lance. But he has this joke that like his, like he didn't like see like his dad never wanted to travel. So he said, like, I want to see my this ant. And he's like, ants are like tourist traps. You've seen one, you've seen them all. <laughs> 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 and, that's and that's how I feel about roller coasters. You've been on one, you've been on them all. So all you need to do is go on run, one roller coaster and, and you're fine. And all amusement parks are is waiting in line for two hours for five minutes of something you've already done. Unless you can finagle yourself a fast pass. Get yourself on the and, fast And that's pass. like, then then you're then you're deep into the culture of amusement parks, which doesn't even deserve that. Oh, man. I, 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 me and you gotta, you gotta take a day at amusement parks together. <laughs> I'll show you a good time. I'll force you to have fun. And it's nauseous. like, it's like what, you're gonna have cotton candy and like, just have a headache? Chicken fingers, fries. You have chicken and fingers and fries anywhere, and they're less. They're not going to be twelve dollars for three chicken fingers like in an amusement park. I mean, I haven't been to an amusement park in a long time, but I just remember just being there. It was just very exciting, especially Disney. Disney was insane. The Spider Man ride. You ever go on the Spider Man ride? I'm just not interested in being a hostage to entertainment, and it is legitimately a hostage situation because you have to front all this money, and then you're stuck in there. You're, you're choosing. You're, you're there on your own will. Society is choosing. Because society is making... Like, as, if you're a parent, you have to go to these places, I feel like. You basically have to bring... If you could afford it, you have to bring your kids to, like, a Six Flags or a... I mean, Disney World, I guess, is the big one. But, like, you know, at least, like, a Six Flags or, or something like that. Um, my, my hairdresser is a uh, huge Disney fan. Goes down every year. And we always talk about Disney... Uh, when I get my hair done, and she has her own personal Disney World travel agent, she like, books through. It's, it's wild. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Bury my heart at Wounded Disney. They get that she has a, a young young boy lo- loves the rides. He's got a full heart. It can't lose. Can't lose. Friday Night Lights. But yeah, I don't know how we got the, oh because cancel plans is like Disneyland to me. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have good to have plans canceled. You probably didn't. I'm I'm guessing that you didn't reveal Parmesan the the location of of that was the actually, ideal first date. It was. It was <laughs> I was joking with you when I said that. That was also that's, that was a joke from from the get go. I feel like people think I'm being serious. Because people think I'm actually gonna go on a first date to Buffalo Wildlands. Do I seem like that kind of a, like a crazy local guy? I'm going to get sauce all over my fingers and face on a first date. Am I that kind of a madman? Well, as as I've said before, the character I play on the pod is 90% me, 10% exaggeration. And I feel like that's probably the same with you. Yeah. So... But I do... I, I, we're cooking up bits. We're cooking up braised bits. And going on a first date to Buffalo Wild Wings is... It's, it's obscene. It's, a, it's un- unbelievable. Why would I ever try to get buffalo sauce and eat my fingers on a first date? It's a saucy date. 
It is saucy. Maybe the perfect perfect gal. If if the gal suggested Buffalo Wild Wings, I would go. I would probably go nuts. But I'll be too nervous. I, I would. I'll probably eat it with fork and a knife. Yeah, and you don't want to do that. Can't have that. Sweet sauce. Should we move into our highlights? Let's do it. You mean the top nine? Yeah, we already did the highlights. <laughs> we already did our highlights. Let's get into our top nine. This is a uh, this is a landmark top nine. This is a landmark top nine. We've both, I think, we haven't expressed this, but I feel like we've both been a little bit bummed, as most people I think in the world are, that you can't really travel during this time. I mean, I've traveled to New Jersey. And I think that's all I've traveled to since the pandemic started. You went to that castle. Is that Long Island? Yeah, I was in Long Island. Nice. Yeah, I've traveled to Long Island and New Jersey. Same with me, I think. I think that's that's all I've uh, I gotten to. I went to Massachusetts for the. Oh, no. I went. Oh, sorry. Party. Yeah, I went to Connecticut to do stand up comedy. But, right. you know. It's not traveling. Yeah. This, this week we're doing our top nine global, including the U.S., landmarks. That's right. We're doing our top nine global landmarks, not including the U.S. From the 2010s. From the 2010s. No, we're doing top nine global landmarks. All the world is included, even the United States, even though the United States doesn't want to interact with the rest of the world. Landmark Norman. Landmark Norman. Landmark Grace. Remember Mark Grace, the baseball player? Sure. First baseman? Oh, yeah. Landmark Marin. Nice. I'm excited for this. I feel like we're going to have different... I don't, we're going to have probably a few of the same ones... But you being a tour guy, I feel like you have a lot more historical knowledge. I am more of a vibe, and I love the look and structure of, of things, which I guess you, you are as well. But I feel like you, you, you like the background and the history behind a, a landmark. So I do, but I only like the background and history within the context of a place. So right. like, if it's like, hey, here's this famous thing. I'm like, I don't really, that doesn't really do it for me. So, example, the Statue of Liberty is not on my list. I don't, oh, listen, it's great. And I think I think it used to mean when, you know, immigrants were coming to Ellis Island, it, the symbolism was at the strongest. And I think now it's, it's just a, you know, it's a statue. Where you got to take a boat to go to. It's like a kind of a nuisance. I've avoided. I've a landmark. Oh, yeah. We could, we could do. That's going to be our moment, I think, and I think we're getting there. So in the show Lost, which is one of the top nine TV shows, they there's a moment in at the end of season three, every episode before that, every B story is basically a flashback of a person's life. Mm-hmm. Then at a certain point, about the halfway mark of the series, every subplot, every B story of each episode is actually a flash forward. So I feel like at some point in the pod, we've been doing top nine stuff, right? Yeah. But I think some point in the future, we might be doing top nine most overrated. Right. I think we'll get Things it. like that. And I think that's going to bring out some great moments in us. Absolutely. Especially if we call something overrated that one of us likes. Yeah. Like like the theme parks. Yeah, or like grilled cheese and tomato soup. Wow. Bringing up a... Bringing up an old classic. So top nine world landmarks. We can't really travel... If you're, you know, if you're traveling, do, you know, it's, 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 for me at this point, it's almost like, do you try to be careful type thing, but you can't tell people how to live their lives at this point. Right. It did make in this list and maybe really want to travel. Same, same. 
Let's do it. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. You want to lead off? Sure. I'll get on base. My numero nine. Number nine, right here in the heart of New York City. It's not in the heart, but it's in Manhattan. Washington Square Parklands. It's my number nine landmark. It's my favorite park in the city. I do love all the other parks, but to me, Washington Square Park has the all of the best things that you want in a city park. Love the structure of it. Love the the classic Washington Square Arch, which is just a very cool to look at. But it's also got all these different little alleyways, great trees. In one corner, there could be musicians. The other, there's a fountain in the middle, people dancing and swimming in the fountain. You can sit and lounge, read a book. You can watch the dogs in the dog park. It's got, I think it's got, it's a big enough park that you can find a place to hang out. It can also, you can socialize. It's just a great walking around park. Um, good vibes there. There's people playing music, jazz guys. It doesn't feel like a tourist trap, though. There are a lot of tours there, which I also I enjoy at a landmark where it's like most of these landmarks we're gonna have a lot of tourists, especially if it's very popular. But Washington Square Park feels less touristy to me for some reason. And for that, it's my number nine list. It does feel less touristy. It does have good vibe and energy. It was a Potter's Field at one point, so there's a lot of dead spirit. That makes sense. That's why I love it. Yeah. Um, you know what my favorite thing about Washington Square Park is? What? Do you know the statue of Giuseppe Garibaldi that's just randomly in it? I didn't know that was that statue, but I'm sure I would recognize Yeah, it. you would see it if you walked by, but it's like he's the, you know, the guy who united Italy. and The area used to be an Italian area, and I've actually never known the exact reason why it's there but it just seems kind of out of place and i love that interesting i know i, I i've definitely seen that i've seen, I no idea who it was i think the arch itself is kind of overrated tbh oh but the that, arch is overrated the arch yeah jeez louise i mean it's it's not the main it's it's a fake i mean it's modeled after the arc de triomphe right and it's fine. I think that the rest of the, the fountain is the best part. Although the fountain, so the fountain used to be actually a little bit to the left. Now it's symmetrical, but it used mm -hmm. to not be. It used to be a little bit to the left. They changed it. And some old timers are like, you know, the park used to be weird. Now it's right. more homogenous. But I end a lot of my Greenwich Village tours in the park. And there's so much history about the park that we don't need to get into and bore people with. But like, um, it's it is a place where it does as you said it's like it's still a little weird in there like it's still like it just, it feels like weirdness. it feels like New York even though the surrounding area is now like one of it's literally one of the ten wealthiest zip codes in America. Um, it and there's there's chess players there's shady guys walking around at night. But yeah, that's what that's, that's what I want in my landmarks. Exactly, that's that's what you want. That's what I need. Coming in at number eight. It's my favorite bridge in the world. It's the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. I think it's the most beautiful bridge. I love the red color. I love the way it looks. Last time I was in San Francisco, I went to the Golden Gate Bridge Park, which is a really cool park that has great views of the bridge. Uh, coming, like driving over it, it feels pretty magical. It feels like you're entering. I like a bridge that you, like, you feel like you're making an entrance to a city. Great views. It's the way it's structurally built. It's pretty wild of like the way it's suspended. I don't like, I don't know anything about architecture, but it just looks pretty wild and love the way it looks. My favorite bridge, my number eight, the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, it is suspended because it just talked back to the teacher too many times. Figures. 
Is it the Rebellious Bridge? It's a Rebellious Bridge. Yeah, so it was the long, I believe it was the longest suspension bridge in the world when it was built. I want to say 1937. Could be plus or minus a few years. But it's, I think it's really impressive. It actually almost made my, my list. And I think it's the best color of any bridge, that like weird red color. Apparently, I read somewhere that that wasn't the, that was supposed to be just the primer. And and I guess they liked it. They wanted it. I think they wanted it to be like it to be yellow or something, maybe blue and yellow. And I guess whoever was in charge said they wanted it to be just distinct and like noticeable. I guess yeah. with the fog, and they said this was actually better, so they just left it like that. That's tremendous. I didn't know. So I mean, so I was I went to San Francisco a few years ago. It was my only time I've ever been there, and I didn't really know the magnitude of the 1906 earthquake there. And it was like, clearly it seemed like San Francisco was becoming, even though you couldn't access it, you could only access it by ferry. Um, it was like becoming like the center of the West. At least that's what they made it seem like. And then this earthquake was, you know, a, a really bad earthquake and kind of set the city back so long. And and then, you know, people were like, well, no one could even get to this city. And then the bridge came and like the bridge kind of made modern San Francisco possible. And it's built to withstand. I mean, one thing about San Francisco is... And all most of California is like you know you get a bad earthquake and things could be pretty bad there. Um, right. But the bridge, I know the bridge. I think there's also another story about the Golden Gate Bridge. Like before it was finished, there was like a decent sized earthquake and it ended up being okay. It's built to withstand, I think, pretty significant earthquake. So that's wild. I would love to see. I'm sure there's documentaries, but I would love to see is like behind the scenes of like how a bridge gets built, especially when it's like over like a river and an ocean. Like how they how they like excavate and just blows my mind that and, and uh, tunnels building a tunnel underwater that, that doesn't make sense well I think what they do is they uh, they make sure none of the water gets in that actually makes a lot of sense because if the water gets in then it can't drop it's not a tunnel then it's just the ocean right yeah Jeez. sometimes Lance I I don't know if I can hold my own with some of these computers. I know I know uh, intellectually I'm just you know, sometimes they just have those arguments and they're tough to tough to get around. Yeah. The Golden Gate Bridge, the last thing I'll say about the Golden Gate Bridge is that we walked like we started walking over it. It was really foggy. You could barely see you could barely see in front of you. And it was it was freaky. We walked probably two minutes into the bridge and we were both like I think both independently, Kate and I, we were both like, This is let's turn around. Let's turn around. This is enough. Right. I couldn't even fathom walking across it. How how long walks? I mean, how how long is the bridge? The longest suspension bridge as of nineteen thirty seven. Is it longer than a mile? I think it's like two miles. I don't know though. I'm just making that up. The long bridge. The Brooklyn Bridge. The Brooklyn Jeff Bridges is one point two, so it's got to be at least longer than that. Gotcha. Great bridge. My number seven. My first global landmark. It's the Roman Forum, Forum, in Rome, like the Roman ruins where the used to be the center of Rome that still has a bunch of things still erected, like the heart of ancient Rome. I just remember going there and like my breath was taken away of how it looked. It looked fake, like like a movie set. Just like, just just unbelievable. Um, I, I, I still have pictures of it on my computer that I look at and it looks like it's it's fake. Just one, one, one of those landmarks that's like, you see it and it's, Hard to describe, hard to like say what it makes you feel, but it's like a lot of history happened here. Obviously, this used to be 
the center of Rome, and now it's just like kind of a tourist. It's it's all touristy there, but I feel like for good reason. And I think I went on a tour walking through there, and just like my mind was blown. So the I've been there too. It's not on my top nine. It reminds me. I don't know if you're gonna like this, but it reminds me of you know when you're like a little kid and you make like a diorama for school for some yeah. thing, and you bring it to school. Yeah. And then you bring it back home. Yeah. That's what they before reminds me of, like the, when you're just you bring it back home and it like might have gotten damaged on like the car ride home. That is the way it looks. There's just like random things still erect. It's like yeah. it's, it's ruins. Yeah, you know, I, I I I like that. That's a good description of it. That's why I liked it because it's like obviously this is real because like no one would design it like to be this way. So it's like, but you can see what it used to be also because of things still existing. I think it also is a nice dichotomy between how Americans think about things and how the rest of the world does. This is re something really interesting I've noticed on tours where I talk about how old things are in New York and New York, the city is basically, it's like basically 400 years old, uh, kind of the modern day history of New York. And when they talk about things in like the 1700s or even the 1800s, West people from the West Coast like can't they can't handle it. They're like that's so grasp. long it's ago. Hard even, like, that's hard to grasp. But Europeans are like, and that was two days ago. Right, because they they could they could literally walk through a place and be like, oh that that's, that existed back then. And which it's it's mind blowing. And I think there is something about this sense of time and sense of history that we don't have as a country. We think everything is contained in this 300-year time. Like, all of history is 300 years old. I think a lot of Americans think, or 400 years old. Right. And that's just not true. And I think not having the pers global perspective of, you know, that the world is... You know, I think Europeans kind of view the modern worlds from Rome. Chinese view the world for you know, even way further than that. Um, and I think having that perspective puts things... A little bit more clearly sometimes and i think that we should try to think more like the forum yeah i think traveling is, is very important absolutely it gives you a better perspective on life and where what came before you where we're going yeah and traveling to rome gives you a way more a way better perspective on cacio e pepe exactly and gym room and gym room pepe le pew pew research center Pepe, Pepe Le Pew Research Center. <laughs> nice. It's a contender. A contender. Those are good. The solid nine through seven. This is a good category. Nice. I'm happy we're doing it. Me too. So my number nine is the 9-11 Memorial. I don't know why I'm laughing. I just, the way you said it, it's like, it's like that's, that's your Disneyland. <laughs> it did. It wasn't. The tone was because I knew you would have like a slightly surprised reaction of like these are supposed to be the best things in the world and I'm talking about 9-11. Right. I so I went to I went to Ground Zero when I was in December of two thousand one, so like three months after nine eleven. My family actually we went with Zachary Snackery's family. Both our families wow. went to Ground Zero and I didn't like you know, we were eleven years old and I knew there's some people in our school whose parents died in nine eleven and obviously kind of changed the world like you could as an 11 year old but like you still I feel like I understood how big it was but I also didn't at the same time even going there I do remember being like the financial district I just thought it was the city in general it was like a little eerie like clearly like, you could, like 
Did you guys walk around? I don't know. You can go there and just yeah. We just kind of walked, walked, walked around. Yeah. Wow, that must have been crazy. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember that was like you know it was a pretty powerful experience as an eleven year old, and you know then one world trade got built in the whole surrounding area and the memorial, and I was always like, you know, there's there then you hear about there's going to be a museum. I've never been to the museum yet, but I've heard it's it's very well done. But I I was always suspect i was like this memorial is just gonna be kind of like i wasn't gonna i didn't think tacky but i thought like wasn't going to be tasteful i guess and i think it's the most well and this is probably also because it's the only kind of tragedy of this magnitude that i personally like not that i you know experienced it close enough yeah yeah um but i think it's unbelievably well done. I was very impressed. And I think it kind of captures like the loss and the sentiment in this like very impressive way that I did not expect going there. It is amazing. It's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. It's incredibly well done. Yeah, I agree with that. 100%. I didn't really even think about that as when I was considering landmarks, but I, I remember definitely the first time I went, it was, it was breathtaking and very, very well done. Yeah, it's like very somber but not like i don't know it just it, i think it just hits it strikes the right tone i sure. was Im- impressed by it uh very classy yes very classy. yeah but not like over it but still you know i don't know it's not it, gaudy yeah. yeah um john gaudy nice. number eight i have joshua tree never been in california desert i think it's a state park i, I don't know if it, i think i've talked about this at, at least in passing but i before going to joshua tree I've only been there once. This was in 2017. And I'd never really been to a desert before. And in my mind, I said, I mean, I've seen deserts on in movies and uh, in pictures and stuff. And I, I'm going to know what it's like. This It's a desert. I've seen this before. But physically being there and going in there, it felt like being transported as close as I guess it could be to another planet. Just like never being in... Some feeling some strong, strong shrooms. Maybe, maybe accidentally. I don't know. I mean, we had we did have in and out before we we drove into the desert. So there you go. Maybe there were some shrooms in the in the animal style. Shikaki. Yeah, but just like the combination of the air, the sun, the stillness, the sand, the rock formations were insane. I didn't know rocks could be like that. It just felt so soothing and relaxing. And this was probably because it was my first experience in the desert, but I've wanted to go back ever since. And I don't know if it's the desert in general or specifically Joshua Tree. I feel like it's mm-hmm. probably a little bit of both. So I really want to go back. Let's go, let's go together. Let's go to Brainspace Vacation. That sounds fantastic. Sounds like a very zen, yeah, like spiritual place. Yeah, we could go, we could put those like cucumbers in our eyes. I would love that. That'd be a big picture. I feel like you're a big cucumber eye guy. Oh yeah, going to bathtub, cucumbers on my ass. Yeah, I've never been to Joshua Tree, but there's so many. Uh, for some reason, the only thing I think of is all these different bars that are named Joshua Tree now. Like the one in Murray Hill. Yeah, that was like a big one. My brother always used to go there. He's a little older. There's, there's a bunch around. I always thought it was a bar, and then I found out it was a place, and I was that. That's how you know you're like. That's how you know like society's on the downslope. Absolutely. When it's like you don't know the thing from the thing, but you know it from like a bar or like a chain restaurant or, or something like that. 
That's how you know we're doomed. Yep, unfortunately. That was your number seven? That was my number six. No, my number eight. My number eight. I can't count. Ah, drop the gun. Number seven, I got a bridge. It is the Brooklyn Bridge. Do that. Wow, surprised that this only number seven. I thought it'd be up there. It's only number seven because I have experienced too much of the negatives, like the overcrowding, the the selfies, sort of the sullying, the Mike Wazowski and sullying of the of the bridge. It's a very impressive achievement. I also know a lot more about it, I think, than the average person because I, I do a tour a tour of it. And it's to me, it's just like the story of the Brooklyn Bridge is really interesting. Uh, one little thing basically is like it was about to be built. About the the build, no no one thought that, that it could be done, which is why it didn't happen until it actually didn't finish until 1883, but it didn't start until 1869, and it took that long because nobody thought it was possible. So they basically got this guy, uh, John Roebling, who is like the best engineer, I guess, to design this bridge. And right before it was supposed to start the construction, he was like, I guess probably most likely where you know uh, like the Brooklyn Bridge Pier. Where there's like uh, the that nice restaurant and the ferry, yeah, yeah. So he's like probably along there, like taking like last measurements, and some sort of boat came in and crushed his foot. And crushed his foot. Well, apparently, yeah. Apparently, it seems like from what I've read, if he took you know the right medications and stuff, he would have been okay. But he believed in hydrotherapy. So he didn't believe in traditional medicine, and what ended up happening is is that he got tetanus and he died. Jeez, and geez. this was I run. How did the, the boat run to his foot? Adam Foot, player for the Colorado Avalanche in the nineties. Jeez, Louise, roll bling, bling, bling. Put on a nice watch and walk away. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, his son took over, and a lot of people were like, "Well, this guy is his son. He no has no idea what he's doing. He somehow gets it done." son gets it done but also he almost dies and gets like really sick it's it's a whole thing but it's very captivating and then at the same time like a lot of people just went for it because they thought they could just steal money and make a lot of money and didn't even care if it was being finished it's it's nuts it's like it shows like what humans are capable of and that the biggest thing that gets in our way is usually ourselves sure that's why we need bridges to bring us together Jeff. Nice. Yeah, Brooklyn Bridge. I haven't, I, I've still never walked over it. I, I, and uh, I've, I've only seen walking and driving by it and driving, driving over it. Have you driven over it? I have. I've been, I've been in a car that's driven over it. I don't think I've actually driven over yeah, it's it. It's a very average experience driving over it. Walking over it is stressful and annoying if you do it at the wrong time. But if you do it at the right time, then it's great. Right. That's my number yeah. seven. My number six is the Wailing Wall, a.k.a. the Western Wall, a.k.a. the Kotel, a.k.a. the Wailing Wall. I already said that. It's in, in Jerusalem. The, I guess just the... It had, it had so much hype, and I feel like it, it lived up to it. It's, it. it's a lot smaller than you expect, or at least I expected when I saw it. But it just feels like a very... It's the, like the one place that I, it, it, like... It felt like a very holy religious place. I like the like the the aspect of putting in like the prayers and notes into the wall. Everyone has to kind of uh, dress up a little bit. Everyone's like very quiet. Everyone's praying around it. Just a, it, it's just a historic piece of uh, property in Jerusalem. 
that uh, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's, it makes me wail. Makes you wail? Makes me wail. Does it make you blubber? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm blubbered and blabbered about it. I don't know what else to say. I don't I don't know the history of it. I know it's on a very holy piece of Jerusalem, and behind it's like a big temple that I w- went down, but it's the wheel and the wall. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm very interested, and if I go to Israel, that's like one of the places that I'd certainly want to go to, but I don't have it on my Joe list because I haven't been there. But it does sound like it's one of those things where once you're there, you either, you either feel it or, you know, and I know you're a vibes and energy guy. So yeah, that makes, exactly. that makes sense. Vibes. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta feel the good vibes. Wailing John Wall. That's, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> Number one pick. Yeah. Speaking of John Wall, there's a clip today. He was, he was being interviewed and while he was being interviewed, he was playing cards like with a guy like off camera. It was, it was just a very funny video. And he, he wasn't like commenting on him playing cards. He was just like answering questions and like half hazardly and then just playing like spades in the background. Do you think, he was, do you think he was playing with pod nemesis Eric Seidel? Maybe. I don't know if Seidel would show his cards to John Wall. He didn't show his cards to the interview. Right. Classic Seidel. All right, my number five is the Promenade des Anglais in Nice. France. Did Papa say that right? It's the good. promenade You're, in yeah. East France. It's like a big boardwalk, basically, that goes along the Mediterranean, along the beach. And it's just spectacular, very beautiful, um, great views. If you if you walk all the way up to the top of it, there's this like hill called Chateau Hill where the view is insane of the whole promenade. Um, just just like unbelievable views of the Mediterranean. Just takes your breath away. It's my number five. The Promenade des Anglais in Nice, France. Oui, le Promenade des Anglais. C'est bon. Uh, that's a good one. I actually, we were there and I didn't even think of that. Well, so we were there uh, in October. Uh, yeah. Um, and it was cool. Like, walk. we did you know, walk through it. It wasn't, like, hot enough. I think Kate might have went in the beach in the water. I don't remember if she did. You need, um, you need it's, a, it's a rocky beach, so you need like these specific beach shoes. But it's one of my. It's probably in my top three beaches. Just, just the water is so calm, so blue. It doesn't feel like you're in France. It's it's yeah, it's, luxur- it's luxurious. And we stayed, so we stayed like uh, a côté, like right. We stayed like right across from it, basically. Uh, oh jeez! <laughs> yeah, shoot me on the pot. <laughs> yeah, hands up, don't shoot. Um. So and then uh the yeah like what is it what's like the mountain the chat what is it chateau? chateau hill yeah so we when we got there our hotel wasn't ready like our room wasn't ready mm-hmm. so we just like walked up there and. Then we got to the top and I realized I really had to, to poop. Oh, man. So I just kind of like ran. I remember I always like keep track of public bathrooms, something gotcha. I, I do. So I saw one on their walk up. So I just kind of like sprinted to it. Gotcha. And uh, luckily had the, uh, I think, how much was it? It was like, uh, it was like two euro. Do the bathroom. Poop coins, take a poop. Yeah. A couple poop coins. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, but that was, it was very cool. The views were very cool, but I was more focused on not pooping my pants. Yeah. 
I, I on uh, the promenade in our hotel, I, I had a, I rented a bike from a hotel and was riding up and down the promenade. And I there's like a volleyball match, so I got off my bike and I put it right, right next to me. I was watching the volleyball match, and someone literally jumped on the bike and tried to steal it. And I, I think I talked about you it. talked about this, yeah. I dove, I tackled the bike, and the guy ran away. And you said no, arrête. Me bike, me yeah. French friends. Yeah. Yeah. You, so the word for bike in in French is uh, vélo. So like so you were like a vol- velo- velociraptor, getting Veloci- the getting the bike away. Velociraptor. <laughs> yeah. Velociraptor. Yeah. My number five. We're staying in France, Lance. My number five is the pal. Wait, no, that was my number five. My number four. We're still staying in France. It's my Palace of Versailles. The Palace of Versailles. About I'm gonna think it was about thirty to forty minute train ride outside of Paris. And I actually had a crazy story on that trip also. On that train, I almost got pickpocketed by a gypsy. This lady, I was sitting on a on the train with Wack Goldberg, and Wack's reading a book, and I'm I think I don't know what I was doing, probably reading also. And this lady grabs in my pocket, I, I swipe her away, and she walks away. And she had like a bodyguard next to her. And, she, and, the, and the guy was like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. It was just insane. But, Palace of Versailles, spectacular property. Uh, it's humongous. It's, it's one of those things where, like, if, it takes a little while to get to, and you're like, is this going to be worth it? On, like, you're, you're on vacation. Do, is it worth, like, leaving Paris to go there? I think it's unbelievable. The outside lawns, they have these, like, flower beds, these, like, manicured beautiful outdoor walkways the indoors is insane like the bedrooms it's where the french royalty used to live uh, like one of the louis king louis lived there with a bunch of fancy people a lot of sculptures they have a hall of mirrors that's insane just an ins- it's it's incredible palace of versailles it's my number four land so i can't share the same sentiment with you because my whole family went there and didn't invite me <laughs> so my brother was studying abroad in denmark actually did he did the same program i did in denmark and i did it because he said it was great um which i think i've talked about in the pot i sort of regret not going to a place where you are forced not to speak english but anyway that was that was then um they all went and they met him in uh in paris and they all went to versailles I wasn't invited because it was during college and they said I couldn't come. You weren't invited to Paris? You weren't invited on that trip? Yeah. Or were you in Paris? And you I wasn't invited in the trip at all. My sister was in high school, but she was, she was able to go. But wow, I just wasn't this invited. Is, this is big news. Yeah. Wow. And they went to Versailles. So, you know, I, I'll i go there at some point, but I, did, I wasn't invited. You know, I get it. I'm not. I'm not part of uh, the royal family. Nancy, you're in college. You're not coming with us. Yeah. Nancy, what could I tell you? You got to do your studies. Yeah. Well, I highly recommend it. I think you. I think you enjoy it. Actually, I don't know. Sure. I don't think so. Paris, but Versailles, it's like it's very uppity and like. It's uh, Louis Louis Quatorze. The, the he was the crazy guy, or not the yeah. crazy guy, but he was like the super rich guy who. Yeah. I don't know a ton about like that kind of French that aspect of French history, but. It seems like he's the guy, and then Louis the Sixteenth was when the revolution was, I believe. I might be wrong, but then there's a few other people. Anyway, but 
Like he seemed like the beginning of the end to me. I mean, this is a, it's, it's an insanely yeah. gaudy yeah. John Gotti property. Yeah, it's very lavish. It's humongous, but it's just he's he's beautiful. He's the Sun King. Sun King. Yeah, that was his name, the Sun King, because I guess he was like love the sun. I think he was a big fan of Young Min Sun on Tottenham. <laughs> Good pick. Good athlete. Yeah. Yeah, Palace of Versailles, number four. All right. Those are good, some good ones. Um, my number six is the Sistine Chapel. Ooh, that's a good one. So I'm, I'm very, it's so impressive in there. We went there when we were in Rome, and that was probably my favorite of all the places we went to. Specifically, the Sistine, St. Peter's Basilica was great, like itself was great, but the Sistine Chapel was probably my favorite. Just because it's so impressive. And you got to respect Michelangelo being impressive. And I'm just thinking, like, looking at the ceiling, I just, like, got agitated thinking about how much someone's back must hurt <laughs> doing that for, like, I think it took him six years. I might be wrong. Something crazy. I, I, might, I might be wrong about that. But, like, just to think about how much your back must hurt and how... And then it's also, like, perfect. So... It's just the most impressive achievement to me out of all these landmarks. It's the most impressive human achievement, probably. One thing I hated about the Sistine Chapel is that when we were there, you know, you're not supposed to take pictures because the like pictures and flash or whatever ruins the. I guess eventually it erodes it or something. I don't really understand, but whatever. Light, light. Yeah, light. Yeah, light isn't good for it. Um, But obviously, most people in there were taking pictures anyway. And yeah, and also, you weren't supposed to talk. You were supposed I remember, to like I remember, be like before walking in. They're like no can. It was very like they hyped it up a lot. Like can't talk, no no pictures. It was yeah, like a, a spiritual event. But everyone was there. There were like I guess the ushers, uh, or whatever. Like the not really security people, but they were just like kind of watching things, constantly just having to be like shh, right. just because everyone was like talking and taking pictures. So it's just like again showed like we don't we don't deserve this you know I, this is something I don't like I think it's QAB but when people say this is why we can't have nice things I hate that <laughs> I hate that so much but in this case it is true it's it like true. that's that's the right sentiment for it and another thing that I would be remiss to or to not mention we still haven't figured out the proper usage of remiss but I would be remiss to or to not mention. That my brother said that in this chapel that he was, and I quote, bored. <laughs> I love that. Good for him. Because at a certain age also, when, when you had that much hype, and they're like, you can't take pictures, don't talk, and you're like, you walk in there. It, it is amazing. I'm sure I'd appreciate it more now. But you're like, all right, well, like, well, why, why can't I? Like, it, 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 It's unbelievable. It's, it, it's an inconceivable thing that... Like having that on the ceiling and the way it's made, but it's it's kind of boring. So this is what I think it's like. So you know when you like really work on a, a bit or like your set, and yeah. someone you get a laugh and then that's it. Or you just like get this like someone maybe after the show says something very dismissive, right? And you're like, this is my work. Like this is something I'm right. proud of it. Imagine that times forty billion, <laughs> and that's the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean that's that's art. Everyone's got their own opinion. <laughs> I guess. So that's my number six. My number five is Stonehenge. Uh-huh. 
I've never been to Stonehenge, but I just... <laughs> oh, that's rich. I just, really I just love a good formation of rocks like that. <laughs> You've never been? Never been. <laughs> you put the pictures you've seen. I, it, looks, it looks great. The one rock with the rocks on top of it, or the, the one rock on top of the other rocks. Yeah. My favorite. It just looks awesome. Love a good rock formation. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You don't know. It could mean something very profound, but it might mean nothing at all. Also, apparently, it's like on the side of a highway, and it's like very disappointing, is what I've read. So, so I why is this I, number five? I just I, I love it. It's it's managed to stay relevant. It's it's, it's been who it is for. This is the most perfect lands <laughs> landmark pick of all time. Never been there. It's on the side of a highway. It could mean something it might not. Never been, but I absolutely love it. You gotta love it. It's just being itself. This is the plain bagel of landmarks. Stonehenge? Even though you've had plain bagels, you've, 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 you've been able to defend it because you've eaten it. This you haven't even gone. I can't wait to go. Or I may never go. I'm not sure. One or one of the two. I don't want you to go at this point. It's, I feel like you love it so much that you don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> what do you think about Stonehenge? I really don't have much opinion. I, I think I've seen pictures. I've never been there. I've seen pictures of it. It's like, these are rocks. I don't like really, like, uh, like random stones and like these places that are like, oh, there's a random rock formation. Unless it's like a, I'm trying to think of beautiful rocks. I like rocks in general. I love Dwayne Johnson, but Stonehenge never really piqued my interest. That's too bad for you. Yeah. Number four, another place I've never been is actually the rest of them I've never been to any of the rest wow. of, of these landmarks. Uh, oh, arguably, okay, so the re- number four is the Great Wall of China. <laughs> I see overhead images of this wall. I see like side images of this wall. I see people walking on top of it. I just imagine with the Great Wall of China, I imagine the High Line in New York City. But just like five thousand times better, and with way less people, and it's like you're 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 pro Highline. Um, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's fair. I just think it's uh, it has like this almost mythical status. It's like I feel like it's one like one of the first things you hear of as a kid, like the Great Wall of China. Like I I feel like I've known about it forever. I've grown up with it. It's the pictures look unbelievable. The, the I think there's like slides now that they, they built. It, it looks it's unbelievable. like water slides. Like yeah, part. it seems great. I mean, it's literally a great wall. Uh, I've never been. It's also it's the perf- It's also the perfect name. A lot of these landmarks have these kind of names where they they're trying a little too hard. Right. But the, this is just the Great Wall of China. Sure. And it is. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just surprised that you, you have these landmarks we were, you've never been to. We were in Avignon, and Avin- it's like, you know, an old medieval city, and the whole city still, I mean, some of the walls, it's basically still the walls, like, as the fortress are still there, and it was really cool just to see that. So I could only imagine if that's Avignon, I could only imagine the Great Wall of China. Great John Wall. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't argue it. I, I, I'm just blown away that you've never been and you got it on your list. 
It, it'll be number one up with Stonehenge if I if I go there. Wow. Impressible. Very impressible. That was number four. Yes. Hokey dokey. My number three feels a little hacky, but it's I I I love it. It's the Empire State Building. I still get. I still enjoy and, and find it amazing. I, sometimes in the city, you're walking by Midtown, you look up, it's there, you kind of forget how beautiful it is. I love it at nighttime, how it changes colors. It just, when I think of the Empire State, when I think of the city, I think of the Empire State Building. Driving from North Jersey, where I grew up, you can see it in certain skylines. I've been up there once to the uh, observatory. It's, it's amazing views. It's kind of a tourist trap. They, they rip you off getting up there, but I think it's, it's worth doing at least once. I did it with my sister. It was amazing seeing the city from up there. It's just a, it, it, it's, it's probably my, it's my, my number one landmark in the city. And it's the Empire State Building, Lance. You're right, it is, Hack. At least I've been there. At least I've gone to my landmarks. <laughs> this guy's got that, the Stonehenge. <laughs> Next thing you're going to have, you're going to have Antarctica, this, this, the igloo in Antarctica. Never been, but I heard it's cold. It probably is cold. <laughs> Igloo Ferigna. Nice. I have you ever been up top? No, no, I haven't. Did it's just like the the ground floor. I've dropped many. I've dropped a few tour groups off there. It just like seems like the ground floor. It's like the Empire State Building, and then like Heart was it like Heartland Grill? You know that restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heart the brewery. Heartland Brewery. It's like forty dollar yeah. burgers that aren't good. Yeah, the and that's, area that's, itself is it's, it's touristy. It's also just, it's also being crowded out by the rest of the city. I mean, those HUD, the new Hudson Yards buildings are taller than it. It's right. those all those uh, billionaire apartments on fifty seventh, fifty ninth Street are taller than it. It's getting swallowed. It's getting swallowed whole. But it's still got that old school structure. I love the way it looks. It's 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 the city. It's New York City. It's the, it's, I think it's the, it's the building that represents the whole city. When I get in the Empire State of Building, it's not as good as Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. That's true. If anything, that song is hacky. That, that's the one... I'm a big Jay-Z fan. That you think song, it's hack? Yeah, it got so overplayed. I like. I, I think it's great. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it had its run, but it got so overplayed. I think it's better... So to me, it takes... It's, the 21st or the last 30 years version of New York, New York. So right. like New York, New York is hacky, but it's also New York, New York. I love and it. that's, yeah. I think Empire State of Mind is just New York, New York updated. That's fair. That's what I think of it. So it is like, yes, it's hacky, but it's like, it, it deserves a hacky. It like deserves its place. It's earned its place. It deserves a hacky sack. Yeah. My numero dos. Lance, we're going back to Italy. We're going back to Rome. It's the Colosseum. It's a wonder of the world to me. Colosseum took my breath away when I saw it for the first time. Another one of those structures that you can't believe it's real. I, I, it just it, it, when you when you drive up to it, when you walk up to it, it, it just unbelievable. Especially if you've seen Gladiator the movie. I feel like seeing Gladiator and then seeing that structure blew my mind. It's like. Just incredible, and then and then when you're inside, and then like trying to like picture about back to like the different savage fights in there, and like just like, the different time, incredible piece of history there. 
And then comparing the Coliseum to like modern day now sports stadiums and arenas that are kind of like designed off of that structure, it's it's just mind blowing. And then it makes you think of like how sports are like similar to like kind of those kind of fights and what it says about our society. But the Coliseum to me, it's a one, it's a once in a lifetime thing to see, and you got to see it for your own eyes to really appreciate it. And that's why it's my number two. So I went there, and honestly, I don't, I, don't, I can't. <laughs> You you. What's there? What's there to call a C? The the meum, the Coliseum. It's incredible. There, there's there's a piece of it that's broken off. It's literally an arena built for for human beings to fight each other. I I thought it was way overrated. The, I I knew I knew it was overrated from the second we like got to the area and just like oh, people. No. It's kind of like an amusement park in a way. Just like people waiting to get in. You see a view like we we went we went on a tour of it, and I was like, all they talked about was like, this is where they fought, these are where people sat, this is how it was built. It to me, it's like if in a thousand years someone does a does like a tour of Gillette Stadium. No, no, Lance, no, not 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 this building. This building is made of like. It's, it's not made of metal. It's made of what's it made of? Like rock, made of, made of uh, human blood, bones. I think the Coliseum is made of bones. The TV show. It's almost <laughs> you can't. You you have to you you have Stonehenge on your list. You really it was also that. there was also like modern things in there. Like I feel like there was like advertisements or something. I remember there was like a few weird modern touches that they added, and I was like, this just is wacky. I don't remember that. I can't believe this. There's like exit signs. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. A fire hazard. Yeah, but if you're really gonna be the Coliseum, you're not gonna have exit signs. This is this is ridiculous. <laughs> I've also never seen Gladiator. That's 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 huge. Gladiator, you never see, you gotta see Gladiator. You, I'm, we've we've gone over this. You're not gonna see Gladiator. I might see it. Movie, I might see it. So good. So so good. All right, coming in at my number one. I'm not sure you're gonna be able to argue this one. It's La Sagrada Familia in Barcelona. This is the structure, landmark that had lives up and supersedes the hype. Absolutely took my breath away. Art designed by the architect Gaudi. That's how you say it. Gaudi. Antoni Gaudi. From the outside, it's, it's not even finished yet. I don't think I think that's part of the shtick also. Like they're always working on it. It's never finished, but even with that, even with a crane next to it, it's still the most spectacular site structure I've ever seen in my life. The outside looks like like Hogwarts, but better. The inside is colorful windows. Looking up to the ceiling is insane. It almost made me want to convert to being a Roman Catholic. How much I, I love being in there. It was absolutely gorgeous. La Sagrada Familia. If you're familiar, if you're Familia, then you're going to the Sagrada Familia. I don't know what that means, but the closer the mess is familiar. So, I have seen the outside. We didn't go in. I don't exactly remember why. Maybe the line was too long, or like it was closed or something you weird. A to get in. Yeah, it must have been. We had to buy a ticket, and we didn't want to do that. That must have been it. Um, right. Saw it from the outside, and I gotta say, it's fine. It's very fine. Listen, the whole thing about the it, look, it, it looks it looks nice. Everyone can't see me. I'm shaking my head 
furiously. You're definitely SMH in real time. But I think there's a lot of other churches that are better. No. No. Um, I, it was fine. Like, I think uh, the Duomo in Florence. Duomo was great. Duomo, Duomo was almost on my list. Fantastic. Andrew Duomo? Yeah. I thought that was I way better. Um, oh, no. But the thing about, like, Sagrada, Sagrada Familia. The whole shtick is that it's unfinished. This can't be the shtick. It's you gotta have a complete vision. It reminds me That's of one of those things. It's like it's like a bit. It's like being a comedian. The bit's never finished. I know, but it's it, it's a bit. It's such a masterpiece. It, it, it's a hack. Never it's not done. it's not a masterpiece because a masterpiece is a finished product. So if you're, it's like a comedian who's taking a little bit of a shortcut, doing a meta commentary on comedy rather than actually having good jokes. No, no, oh, and. No. If it was such a masterpiece, it would be completed. The vision would be there. It, it can't. I can't evaluate it because it's not finished. So if it's going to act like the finished product is that it's not finished, then it is finished. It's never finished. It's never finished because it's always getting better and better. My childhood friend who I've talked about on the podcast, Plum. Mason. He, there is his, there, this house, pretty close to his house, there his neighbors. And they were always like, it was a normal, you know, house. Then they added a garage then they added like another part of the house. Then they like extended the garage, and they're just constantly doing these expansions. And I, I called them the expansioneers. <laughs> they're always just expanding. What's wrong with that? And nothing's wrong with it, but you're just not like when's it gonna stop? That's a part of you keep moving forward. You keep trying to get better. You keep keep trying to add on to something that's already great. Landmarks are timeless. Right. So if you're changing, then you're not really a landmark. Imagine if the forum just start had a, like a, a McDonald's in the middle of it. I'll be eating good in the neighborhood. <laughs> that would that would be if there was an Applebee's. <laughs> Either way, I'm getting two for two appetizers. Two for two appetizers. I think Applebee's had like a two. Two for two. You get two appetizers for two dollars. What? You get never mind. I think it's two for twenty. I think that's the yeah two for twenty main entree. So if the main entree is two for twenty, then what about the rest of the forum? You know what I mean? I guess. Not for me. I think I think you're always working, you're always trying to make things better, and that's what La Sagrada Familia is doing. Is it finished. though? Is it though? It's just like not finished, and they seem to be proud. The way it looks, it's, it's incredible. It's unbelievable. That's I want it. them to keep working on it because it can only get better and better. Not for me. All right, I'll do my top three. So, my number three is the Great Pyramids of Giza. Okay. Have you been there? No. They just look great. Oh, I've watched, watched some documentaries, watched some, I guess some documentaries, maybe some stuff on YouTube, I don't know. But it looks amazing. They were built by our people. And, you know, stereotypically, we're, we're I think, pigeonholed as not being handy and good with our hands. If forced under slave conditions, then maybe we are. Because right. those things are beautiful and they've still stood and still standing. Last Man Standing on NBC or whatever channel, Fox, maybe, yeah. with Tim Allen. Um, and yeah, I would just really like to go. I think it would, it's one of the places in the world that I really want to go. And we talked about this last week a little bit with making coffee as a ritual. There. I think the only thing our society really has now is rituals around death 
which, you know, you have, a, depending on your religion, you have, you know, a Shiva in Judaism or a wake or whatever it is. And then you have a funeral and there seems to be rituals around that, whatever your faith or is. Um, but not much else, but like the Egyptians took it to the next level. I mean, the pyramids were just so, it's, they're for death. Right. The tombs. Oh, that's definitely my bucket list to go to see the pyramids. It looks unbelievable. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Uh, so my number two, this one, you're going to be, it's a little bit weird, I'll even say. And it's not visible. So you could go there, but you can't really go there. It is the Cascadia Subduction Zone. Never heard of it. So it is the like fault line, I guess. I might not be explain. I'm not a seismologist, but it's the fault line just off the coast of like Washington and Oregon. Mm-hmm. And do you know anything about this? No. All right. So I would. I had the best source about this is there's an article in the New Yorker from 2015. And it's called, like, The Earthquake That Will Devastate Seattle. And I had never known anything about this until reading this article. But basically, in 1700, there was a earthquake in that area. Or basically, there was, a, there was a tsunami in Japan in 1700. And all tsunamis had been traced to earthquakes. And this was the only one in Japan's recorded history that hadn't been. And... Basically, in the 1980s, they discovered that in 1700, there was a 9.0 magnitude earthquake right off the coast of like Vancouver. And it was so strong that it triggered a tsunami all the way in Japan. And the crux of this is, is that this happened 300 years ago. And since then, an entire civilization has been built on this West, you know, Pacific Northwest and until about 30 years ago, nobody knew that it's kind of like a ticking time bomb. And that it seems about once every 500 years, there's like a catastrophic earthquake in that area. And I and like nobody knew about it. And now people know about it, but like most people don't know about it still. And the area is like, there's a lot of people who are like trying to prepare the area for it, but a lot of government regulations, like most of the buildings aren't, you know, zoned for earthquakes. A lot of things like if there was a tsunami, things would just be kind of wiped out. And the likelihood of this happening within the next like 20 years is like like 15% or something, which is still pretty high. But like eventually this is almost certainly going to happen. And it's not my top of landmark because like I think it's like a, cool or anything i just think it like shows the power of earth and like how you like i don't know we take a lot of things for granted and honestly i think you'd be crazy to live there knowing like knowing this and like not necessarily caring and everywhere you live like there's risk like even if obviously if you live in california you still have earthquake risk but certain places in the pacific northwest knowing this it just seems insanity to live there um or to at least not be as prepared as you can obviously if your family's all there and stuff but like um i just i just find it fascinating this whole thing yeah i have no idea about that yeah yeah that's crazy yeah it's craziness and like to me it's like how is this not something that the government is preparing for right now right and like 
God forbid something terrible does happen within the next few years. It's like, yeah, it'll be a tragedy no matter what, but there are things we should be doing right now to prepare to prepare for it. Whether it happens, you know, in the next few years or the next or or within a hundred years. Maybe that's why my number one landmark. They they just keep working on it. They they keep they keep they're not gonna stop working on it, making it better. Your your number two landmark. People aren't. People, I don't even know about it. It's yeah. It's not. I'll send you this article after. But it's like it's just crazy. It's bananas. But it doesn't doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's not the same thing at all. But uh, uh, Fauci was on sixty minutes <coughs> on Sunday, and he like they asked him. They they went back to an interview that they had with him in 2016 and he was talking about like the biggest threat to our society is a, literally what's going on now like a respiratory mm-hmm. airborne illness and like I had never heard of it I never heard him say that back then and just how like we weren't prepared for this but he that was his biggest uh, yeah. fear and five years ago the pandemic shows it's a great example of like there are a lot of things that can happen and obviously we're not going to be able to stop if Corona happened, we weren't going to be able to stop it completely, but there's a lot of things we could do to make sure that right. we lessen the blow. Right. Who do you in the blow nice. <laughs> This is a wild landmark list. I had no idea <laughs> you were going in this direction. So my number so one... Invisible fault line. <laughs> my number one is... I'll just say it. It's the Amazon rainforest. I'm going to ask again, have you been? No. It's just my number one landmark because it seems essential to the earth in a way that no other place on earth is. Like getting, the, it's, it has the most biodiversity by like a large margin. There's still a number of indigenous tribes who live in the Amazon. I think at this point, I don't know if there's any that haven't been contacted by like, you know, the modern world, but there might be. Um you know, it's just a throwback to landmarks before they were ruined by humans. So you got to respect that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. Amazon Prime. Not yeah, I would like to go, but I also would be kind of afraid. I would be so afraid. I, I, I don't think I knew that there were still indigenous people living there. Yeah, you hear stories every now and then how like some environmentalist or researcher gets killed. Because, you know, all these tribes are basically like, oh, well, these, you know, essentially white, you know, uh, the white man basically is going to kill us and that's you know been proven in history so if you're it's a tribe and it, there's, not, there's not like documentaries or like a, a lot of uh, film of, of those people because you don't want to go near them you don't want to you, you don't want to be seen like you're invading their territory of course not yeah yeah so that's my number wow. one wow this was, this was one of our most different uh, lists we've ever had yeah fantastic fantastic I'll say yeah um, we should do our predictions all right, we got Kate's predictions of Lance's top nine landmarks. Here we go. Number one, Brooklyn Bridge. Bang. Griffith Park Observatory in L.A. That's a good one, but no. Washington Square Park. That was on my list. That was on yours. New Orleans World War II Museum. That's a very good one. I didn't think about it. Museums, to me, aren't necessarily landmarks, but that's a very good one. That's, that's my favorite museum. Really? I never I, New Orleans. I've never you you like it, it's great. But the museum, I went there. My brother has bachelor party there, and I went there a day before because I was doing stand up, like the night before the bachelor party started. Awesome. And during the day, I went to this museum because another another of his friends was coming too, and he's like, "Let's go to this museum." And 
I'm not, even though I'm a tour guide, I'm not a huge museum guy. I like history walking. Out yeah, out in the world. But this museum really got me. It was really well wow. done. Really cool. Amazing. I, I'm, I'm a museum fan. I like museums. Then she's got the Cliff Walk in Newport, Rhode Island. That's a very good one. It doesn't have like world landmark gravitas, but it's definitely one of my favorite like sites, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Never been to Newport. And then, next guess, I mean, you really slammed this one. It was on my list. The Coliseum. Yeah, no. Wow. Then she's got Castle Hill slash Promenade de Anglais in Nice, another one on my list. Wow, me and Kate are on the same page here. Yeah, I didn't think about it. My wife (laughs) is your wife. Then she's got... What? I did see a trailer trailer for Borat 2 came up on my, like, Instagram. You watch it? It seemed pretty bad, honestly. Like, maybe they just wanted to save funny parts or didn't want things to be, like, too un-PC for, like, a trailer, but it didn't seem that funny to me. You just hate Borat. And the original Borat crushed. You you have something out for Borat. Then she's got Pont de Avignon in Avignon. Yeah, that's a good good one. It's like this bridge that, like, doesn't go out all the way, so it's like a bridge to nowhere. Romantic. It's pretty cool. Then Piazza Michelangelo in Florence. Yeah, it was pretty cool, but no. And then, last guess, Park Guell in Barcelona, which was also designed by Gaudí, who designed my number one, La Sagrada Familia. I don't think I've been there. I only remember La, La, La Rambla and the Sagrada Familia. Have you been to Barcelona? I have. You, you talked about that. Yeah, but I remember going Park there. Well, is like they have like it's like a outdoor museum. It feels like it's like artsy benches and crazy designs, flowers. I, I don't recall. Okie dokie. All right, you want Phil Jackson? Today, as we record, it's it's Phil Jackson's birthday. It is Phil Jackson's birthday. Yeah. Uh, well, he's wishing you a happy landmark. He was excited about this because he said, you know, it's good to have a travel episode in these times. Is is kind of what yeah. he said. So he had a great. Great intro, as he always does. You know, he's going by Phil Jackson, but the way he writes these intros, call him Philip Roth. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Phil Jackson says, stepping outside the kitchen and chiseling his preferences into the fabric of the world stage. <laughs> Our curly-headed comedy chef has a lot of parallels to the world's landmarks. His prowess is stable and steeped in history, while people from all backgrounds gather to see his essence. Wow. I, I can smell that essence wafting out of the pod kitchen right into my eardrums right now. Wow, emotional. Today's predictions are especially challenging because Jesse is my landmark. <laughs> <laughs> you say Jesse is my landmark? Proud that he's been able to traverse Count Spatula and give the fridge its well-earned respect. But this is going to be mm-hmm. tough sledding. Without further ado, my predictions. Empire State Building. Gang! Golden Gate Bridge. Bingo! The Coliseum. Come on, Phil! St. Peter's Basilica. Where's that? In Rome. Uh, yeah, no. Eiffel Tower. That was on an earlier version. Earlier version <laughs> of my list. The, the Red Light District in Amsterdam. <laughs> Great, great guess. One of my definitely in my top twenty landmarks. <laughs> <laughs>
fantastic guess. And then he's got his bonus. You did not have this, but it's a good one. Dangerfield's Comedy Club. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's huge. I don't know if he if he saw, but it, it, it closed down. He did. He uh, he commented on my, my post about it that uh, he was sad because he popped his comedy cherry at Dangerfield's. I think I was there with him for that. Yeah, very, the place is definitely a landmark. Yeah. Especially the way they kept it up and the way it looked inside. <laughs> it, it looked they hadn't updated it since... Day it was open. Exactly. And that's why it's a landmark because if you update it, then it's kind of something else. <laughs> Unless you're making it, if you're keeping its essence, but you're, you're updating it in a classy way to make it better. Okay. Oh, you're right. But, uh, you know, I'd like to argue otherwise. But you're correct. I Back to Red Light District, I went with my dad to Amsterdam and I got my mom a snow globe from Red Light District. Nice. Just, just we walked, we walked, when I went there with my friend who traveled, we walked through, it was, I, it was just like, to me it was just like sad. I don't know, I don't know what I was expecting, but we also walked, we like went there in like the morning. That's, that's it's easy. not, yeah, it's not a morning place. No. Yeah. Yeah. But this is one of those places where it feels like you're in a different, uh, on a different planet. Yeah, for sure. Sweet sauce. Especially, especially if you have a few brownies. Right. You got any ads? I got an ad this week. Today's Braze Bits is brought to you by Stacy DoorDash. Do you love DoorDash food delivery, but also can't get enough of the actress from Clueless who has Clueless political stances, aka Stacy Dash? Well, then you're gonna love Stacy DoorDash. Stacy DoorDash has agreed. Stacy Dash has agreed to deliver grub from any restaurant you like, and she will stash and dash it to your home while it's still piping hot. After receiving your food, you will have to listen to Mrs. Dash's conservative political views. But feel free to close the door on her. But do not, but please give her a tip before you do that. Stacy DoorDash, delicious food delivered to your door from a clueless actress. Wow, good to hear about Stacy DoorDash. Yeah. I know she was competing with Uber Pete's. Right. But it's a saturated market for delivery food. But. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of competitors. Yeah, we'll take the money though. Yeah. You got an ad? No. Alright. You got it. A QAB? My QAB this week is parking rates in New York City, which I think is something you can sympathize with. So we've loosely mentioned this on the pod that Kate and I have briefly thought about moving, but ultimately decided against it because you have to return your internet. Right. And then a new internet person has to come in. Right. Apart from other things. But that's the main thing. That's the main thing. <laughs> um, we've kind of thought about it more and it we're probably not going to move, but one of the things is that if we do move to say say a neighborhood in Brooklyn or Queens, right, we would like to have a car. Like that's something that we would want to have if we did do that, mm-hmm. um, which would be great for obviously for me and comedy. It would just be great for visiting her dad, seeing her dad. Uh, just it would just be better, right, for for our life. Um, and kind of our, our future, um, for our family. That's what I've been saying now. I'll be like, I'm cooking for our family. And it's just like, nice. <laughs> um, so the thing is with parking, obviously buying a car is an expense, but it's a fixed cost. You know, you buy a car for however much money it is. Insurance is a cost, but obviously you need insurance. You don't need it, but you'd be a fool not to have it. But this parking, I mean, get out of town with these, par- the, 
cheapest parking I found is $225 a month. And that doesn't even, it's like not even like a full, it's like maybe. It's like the average parking per month is like $300 minimum. Which, what, what is that? That's, I mean, that's an amusement park to me. Sure. It's, it's amusing. It's a ripoff. And, and a lot of these parking lots also don't treat the car well if you're leaving it there. You, know, you can't really trust these guys might go on for joy rides in your car, in your family vehicle. I don't mind the joy ride because when I got a car, I think, I, I don't know if I said this on the pod or not, but when I got a car, uh, my dad like had like a car talk with me and he was like, Lancey, no joy riding. And I didn't know what joy riding was. He's like, you know, like Wait, he when said you, you can't go joy riding? Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. He said no joy riding. <laughs> wow, I mean, this I is think... really revealing. He, he doesn't want you to. He's like, Lancey, don't don't enjoy yourself when you're driving. I, I thought joyriding is when someone else takes your vehicle without you knowing for a, like a, a quick trip around the, the, the block. I think he defined it as aimless driving. So, like, you're not driving to get somewhere, you're just driving around. What's wrong with that? Besides, like, gas money, what's wrong? Nothing. And, you know, I was paying for gas. Nothing is wrong with it. But I think he, there's something that he doesn't like, or he didn't like, I don't know what he thinks now, about, like, doing things with no objective. That's fair. But the objective in a joyride is to, like, enjoy yourself. I mean, I think, uh, understandably, as a parent, too, with a 17-year-old kid, I wasn't one of these kids, but, like, if I was, like, a kid who, like, drove fast... Then right. you put yourself in dangerous sense. situations. Speeding around. Yeah, I mean that makes sense, but I was not, I was not one of these these kids. Yeah, I get I get it a little bit, but also it was just kind of hilarious. So now I always joke about joyriding. That's hilarious. Yeah, Lance, you know joyride. Yeah, but it, I I don't know if you have any interest in Astoria. I've got a car in Astoria. Park it on the street. All you gotta do is move it once a week. It's free. I know that's the thing. If you could find somewhere where. You could just move it. But then it's like, the thing is, it's like having a dog. Moving is annoying. If you base your life around moving it, it's awful. But, I mean, as long as we're home most of the time, I wouldn't mind doing that. Once life goes back to more normal and we're not really near us or home, then that could be a problem. Right. Yeah. It's it's tough. Anything in Manhattan, having a car, it's it's, it's Yeah. So, obviously, in Manhattan, it's it's just even worse. So, we wouldn't, we've never even, yeah. We wouldn't have a car if we stayed where we are. My, uh, is that a QAB really kind of shook my whole world, really rocked my entire equilibrium and, uh, put a damper on, on my whole day today. I, I learned this knowledge last night. I think we talked about it on my top nine, uh, beverages. My, one of my favorite beverages is, uh, seltzer, seltzer water. I love bubble water. I love fizzy water. Got one right here. It's, it's the Canada dry seltzer water. I was sipping on this with uh, with my cousin, and my cousin goes, "Doesn't that seltzer have salt in it?" I was like, no, what are you talking about? I look at the the nutrition facts on this Canada Dry original sparkling seltzer water. There's five milligrams of sodium in it, and now whenever I sip on this seltzer, all I taste is salt. Never before in my thirty years I've drank in this drunk. I get drunk off seltzer. It's, I thought you know it's 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 a healthy alternative. It's just bubbly water. It's got salt in it. And now, now because I know this, all I taste is the salt. I'm never gonna have this again. I gotta find. I've been doing research. Apparently, there's club soda, sparkling water, tonic water. Tonic water has salt, but Canada Dry 
Labels it as seltzer water, but they have sodium in it. Why are you putting sodium in my water? I didn't ask for this. If I wanted to have sodium, I'd drink soda pop. Why is there sodium in my seltzer? It's QAB. It's, it really is upsetting because now all I taste is salt. Never tasted it before. It's almost like they like changed the taste overnight. I can't. I won't. It sucks. It sounds like it's this whole thing is just a big assault on your preconceived notions of seltzer. It's a huge assault. It's. I used to I used to love just casually sipping on a seltzer water. Thirst quenching, but I'm like also this is look at me. I'm having I'm having water. It's got salt in it. You should you should angrily march to to Big Seltzer and say fee fi fo sodium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I'm still processing it because I don't understand. I, I don't think all seltzers have sodium in it. I think this Canada Dry. Yeah, I think has it. I think you can say hashtag not all seltzers. Not all seltzers, because people make their own seltzer. People have like the um, the machine. The soda stream. Soda stream. What? Soda stream. Yeah, soda streams. Don't you're not those make seltzer. You're not adding salt to it. So I gotta find a new seltzer brand to support. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I I've never been a seltzer guy, but. Which is surprising. I'm like the only Jewish person who doesn't like seltzer. I don't like anything carbonated, unless you're a chicken I don't know carbonara. Kate's a big seltzer fan. I wonder yeah. if she knew about this sodium. I'll ask her. I feel like she does, and she probably only gets that's. She doesn't get kind of dry. I feel like she gets like Hal's. You know Hal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shall, she gets shallow Hal's seltzer. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll ask her right after this and see what she says. I don't think sodium, no. like sodium, isn't good for you, but it's not like like sugar. I think is worse. It's yeah, fine. and it's not even that. Like I'm cons- like that concerned about that. You just feel now, like you just feel like you were misled. Misled, and just now I can't not taste. Now I just taste salt, even though it's not even salty. I just taste salt. Yeah, Ange- Angelina Jolie is a Russian spy. <laughs> salt. <laughs> yeah. Roger Salk. Jonas Salk. Jonas Salk. <laughs> Roger Salk. I see. I, I, this is why I, I, I've been off all pot because I've, I've been I've been salty. Yeah, you've been a little bit salty, but yeah, you're a salty dog. I am a salty dog. I'll I'll get better from this though. You know, knowledge. I'm empowered by this knowledge, and right now I'm a little salty about it. But I'm gonna move on, and I'll get some pepper in my blood. That's that's a good that's a good way to look at it. That's a great Microsoft Outlook. Gotta have that. Check the email after this. Should we bring in the closer? Bring in the closer. Should we bring in the closer? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? I, yeah, I said it. You want to bring in the closer? I'll do it. One, a two, a one, two, three, four. Bits, 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 bits. Bits, 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 bits. Bits, 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 bits. Bits, 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 bits. Bits, 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 bits. Bits, 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 bits. I gotta get going. Good pipes on you. Good lung capacity. Thanks. You got in the plug? Send us an email. Leave us a review. We've gotten a nice, we had a nice flood of reviews at one point. We haven't had a review in a little bit. Reviews are very helpful. Please leave a review if you can. You can. All you have to do is just go to Braze Bits on Apple Podcasts and click five stars. So you're definitely capable of it. And even if you think I'm yelling at you, I'm yelling at you.
So leave a review. I don't care what how many stars it is. Leave a one-star review and tell us that, you know, we're the Dallas star. Please. Leave us a review. Leave us some stars. Let us let us know what you think about Lance's take on the Coliseum and the Sagrada Familia. City, city of stars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tell only, a friend, tell an enemy. I only do the podcast for these gold stars on Apple Podcasts, so I'm in it for the gold stars. I'm in it for the Brazerbacks. I'm, I'm in it for the the recipes and the the love we get at week in week out. I'm 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 not. I'm in it for myself, and not only am I only in it for myself. I'm only in it for the you know I want to getting the gold stars. All right, now now everything's on the table. I now want a narrow a narrow tunnel of achievement, and I'm gonna be wholly defined by that. And that's my goal. Lance is not going for a joyride this this podcast. No joyride. <laughs> Lancey, no joyriding. <laughs> no joyriding. I'm not riding around with... I have a purpose. I'm getting those one stars, two stars, four stars, Michelin stars, star moonbeam. Yeah. That's all I got. Star, star binks. Nice. Yeah, that's all I've got too. This was a good one. We thank you for listening, and Romaine, let us know what you think about anything. Yeah, give us some topics. Hot topics. Peace! Peace.